10 minutes before the, the game was over. So I looked at my girlfriend and I was like, should we go? I don't think they're going to do anything. Because I was exhausted. And she was like, no, I paid a lot of money for oh, these yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. You will sit in this chair right. and you will watch them lose. Yeah. And then, and then like a few minutes later, Pavelski went down and we're like, holy shit. And then everything. And then like chaos ensued after, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like the best game to be at. Right, well, welcome to the first ever episode of Over the Glass. We are your friendly neighborhood Sharks fans. I am your host, Jay, and I'm here with my co-host, Nessa. <laughs> and um, so I go by pronouns they, them. And to tell you a little bit about us, just to, you know, get acquainted, how I got into hockey, um, I was 13 years old. And I just happened to be flipping through channels and I fell onto the Sharks game one day. I was, I can't really tell you what about the game sort of captivated me. I just remember guys getting thrown against the boards. (laughs) And I don't know, that just seemed very fascinating to me, very unlike any other sport that I've kind of, um, come across. Um, In particular, the person who was throwing bodies against the boards was Owen Nolan. So that instantly became my favorite player. I didn't really know anybody um, else on the ice. I just remember that's that's the guy. That's my favorite right there. And that kind of started the journey for me. Um, How about you, Nessa? Um, So, well, my pronouns are she, her. Um, not anything exciting. Um, I, I got into hockey, I want to say six years ago now, so I'm still relatively new. Uh, I remember my girlfriend turning on the TV. She just flipped to the channel, and it was the Stanley Cup playoffs. Pretty sure the Sharks were playing against the Predators first round, right? Um, and she was like, oh, I've been meaning to get more into hockey. And she was like, do you want to watch a game with me? And I was like, yeah, I guess. I don't really know how this sport works. Like no one out here, like in, where, where I grew up in the Bay, it, it's not very popular. So hockey's not really talked about like Northern East Bay as much, right? So she was trying to tell me a few of the rules that she knew. And again, the same thing, you know, like, I just remember seeing guys getting smashed against the boards and I was like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> right. I was like, I don't, I've never seen a sport like this before. And it was just so fast paced and it was like, it was, it was so fun. Right. So I, I, I fell in love with it almost instantly. And, um, you know, we, we started watching again during the blues round and my girlfriend bought us Tickets. She surprised me with tickets to go see them. Um, I tell. I don't remember which game it was, but I do remember it was the game that they got shut out for zero. And it was like the the game itself. Like they sucked. Obviously, they didn't score. But the environment, like that atmosphere, was so like electrifying. I was like, this is amazing. This is my new favorite thing. <laughs> so that's pretty much how I I got into it. So who would you say is your current favorite player? 
currently, I think we have the same favorite player. <laughs> and who is that? Yeah. <laughs> I like your shirt. Yeah, I noticed. I know. I'm wearing the Super Ferraro shirt. You can get it at Caraway Hockey Club. We are not sponsored by them, but, you know, <laughs> if you if you want to reach out, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just remember seeing that shirt, and I'm like, yeah, that that's a must-have. Um, yeah. Um, Ferraro, hands down, definitely one of my current, well, my current favorite player at the moment. He just kind of came into the league right out of um, college and the fact that he hadn't spent he still hasn't spent a day in um, in the AHL and he came in with a clear um, work ethic and made the team right out of um, training camp and I mean last season wasn't the greatest for anybody so I mean Meyer had a decent season. <laughs> oh well that's that's Timo. <laughs> Tino is on a whole different he's not even he's he's just there for, you know <laughs> just put anybody else in next to him and he's like, sure, I just wanna play. <laughs> um but in particular to Ferraro, he just continued to impress and um so, I mean, obviously a clear leader, got the A last season, very hopeful that he'll get it again this coming season, so. Um, Hoping he'll be future captain. I will be very surprised if he becomes captain, but later down the road, For I sure. think it's- I'm not saying like anytime soon, but I could see him being captain material. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like he's he's definitely got it in him. He, um, I think, at some point during his um, college years, he was. Uh, I don't want to. He was at. He was either an assistant or or the captain. I I don't recall anymore. But um. Yeah, I just well. really I enjoy his goofy personality. I always like the goofy dudes, you know. Mm-hmm. Just just mm-hmm. going for like, I feel like there's not too many players in the league that show off their personality. So when one comes along, it's like, yeah. Oh, like yeah. They definitely <laughs> stick out when they do. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. For our personality, he's, you know, and I really love that the Sharks have embraced that. I mean, that's definitely been um, pretty obvious in terms of, you know, unfortunately, Burns has gone away now but you know personality is not something that they've shied away from so um, I'm happy that they um, allow that and aren't so you know hard-nosed about you know this is just how you're you need to be you need to hockey 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 yeah right because who else is another favorite player hurdle why Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. has a, a silly personality Never mm-hmm. stop smiling. Really good dude. <laughs> so, all-time favorite. Hard to answer because I haven't been following for long. Who would be the first player that you kind of really took a further interest than just the Sharks in general? 
So not a Sharks player? <laughs> no, it can be a Sharks player, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I, like for me, it was Owen Nolan, and I knew no one else on the roster, but I was just like, Owen Nolan, Owen Nolan, that's all I could think about. Um, and then obviously, you know, as I got further into watching the team, then you learn about other players. But who was someone that kind of stuck out for you? When I first started watching, it was Jonesy, because I was like, dang, these goalies. <laughs> yeah. Right? And he was yeah. he was really good when we went through that run. And then, you know, everyone knows what happened, right? I also really like Pavelski. Um, he's not a shark anymore, so he counts. And then mm. a more, like, current player, I would say Kale McCarr. He's so fun to watch. He is very talented. Do you have any hockey superstitions? Uh, kind of. Not any ones that I will continuously do. I've noticed, like, during the playoffs specifically, if there's ever a shirt that I'm wearing and I notice, like, oh, they won, and then I'll wear it another day, and I'm like, oh, they won. <laughs> Maybe this is a lucky <laughs> shirt, you know? Like, something stupid like that. But there's nothing that I do religiously. <laughs> so I'm... I think I think I'm gonna remember that during this upcoming season. <laughs> if they if they lose, it's gonna be like Nessa. <laughs> burn all those clothes you were wearing. I know. It, it is clearly your fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I gotta say, any any chatter about you know if we go up by. X amount of gold or something and someone makes the comment or I have a passing thought of like oh man we're gonna win this something that predicts that it's in the bag like it drives me insane because it's and... not over until it's over do you know what what game comes to mind what the the one against the Capitals like two seasons ago when Couture, I think it was Couture scored the empty netter and somehow the Caps came back and ended up winning in overtime <laughs> I mean, we could even take the example of, you know, Vegas in, like, the last time we were in the playoffs or whatever it was. <laughs> and I just remember whatever, was it game seven? And it was ten minutes left in regulation. I think they were up by what? Four goals, something like that. And I was battling being hopeful but feeling the season just dwindling away because the last two and a half periods, we've just looked horrible. We look like we don't want to play anymore. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the, the penalty that led to the major. That oh, yeah, I was I, at that game. Oh, were you? <laughs> I was. I oh, my God. I had, I had got off a really long day of work because I – I had I started at four in the morning. That that mm -hmm. was my schedule, and to head from Redwood City into San Jose, and you know late game, and they were not playing well. They were being shut out right, uh, ten minutes before the the game was over. So I looked at my girlfriend and I was like, "Should we go? I don't think they're gonna do anything." Because I was exhausted, and she was like, "No, I paid a lot of money for oh, these." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. You will sit in this chair right. and you will watch them lose. Yeah. And then, and then, like, a few minutes later, Pavelski went down and we're like, holy shit. And then everything. And then, like, chaos ensued after, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was, like, the best game to be at. 
I mean, that's that's just one of the joys of the sport, right? Uh, I I mean, I love watching. Generally, I love watching sports, um, but hockey just has that element. I mean, granted, I would like to be able to blink more during the game, <laughs> but I feel like no, they could score like now. Um, but like versus that, you know, like the, that that uh, gif of the cat that's following the laser. Yeah. 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 And <clears throat> yeah, I mean that that game in particular that just goes to show just there's so much time left. I mean, obviously, if there's like two minutes left and they're down by like four or five goals, I'm probably less hopeful that they're gonna get a five minute major power play and do the same thing. But you know, you you never know, and you see it even down to like when they pull the goalie sometimes and you're just down by the one goal, but they're just throwing pucks at the net, just hoping the probability that someone moved a little bit this way and the stars align, you know? And, but going back to what I mentioned about the superstition, it's just, it goes in the opposite direction. There's so much time for them to come back into this game, especially if it's just one or two goals, like there's no way I'm I'm thinking this is in the bag until the very last nanosecond has passed. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, so let's just think like we've got all the power in the world. What would be the dream player that you would love to have on the sharks? I don't know if I can answer this question. I haven't really thought about it. Like I always, I always um, joke around, like, "Oh, hey, what if, like, you know, Austin Matthews gets tired of being on the Leafs and comes to the Sharks?" Blah blah, blah you know, something stupid like that will never ever happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never actually been like, "Yeah, I really want this player on this team." It'd be nice to have, like, a superstar on our team at some point, like, that they, they draft, you know? But mm-hmm. it's not something I've given too much thought thought about. What about you? I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you had asked me maybe two, three seasons ago, I would have said Brayden Holpe. Um, Has to be a goalie. No, um, I do like a lot of goalies. If anything, that's if I'm watching a game, I primarily choose it on which team has the goalie that I like the most, and then I'll watch that game. Um, I just, not to get into the nitty gritties about goaltenders, but I like the way he plays. Um, and the added bonus that he has been an outspoken ally, I mean, that just adds to the admiration. So not only am I enjoying this player because he's an amazing goaltender, but now on outside of the sport, he's advocating for the community and he's 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 going the extra step. He's not just doing the 
hockey is for everyone, you know, one one day out of the year. He does a short little blip. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely added to the appeal for me, for, for Braden Holpe. Um, but nowadays, I mean, obviously with the potential that he's going to be retiring, this should come as no surprise to you. Okay. <laughs> Is it Sabanajan? Yes. <laughs> it It's a dream. There's no way. No way. He's in the prime of his career right now. The Rangers will lock him up until they start tanking again. So, yeah. I guess my dream would be Mika. It's very much a pipe dream. I don't ever expect it to happen. If I wake up one day and he's on the team, I won't be disappointed. <laughs> but I am not in any shape way, or form thinking that it's ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, moving on. How did we get here? Why are we doing Over the Glass? One of the reasons... I feel like there isn't... There, well, there, there definitely isn't enough representation within the LGBTQ plus community at all, like within the hockey culture, community, whatever. Um, and I think just, just maybe it's kind of creating a space that more queer fans can, you know, talk about hockey without having to deal with the, the weirdos saying such hateful things. Um, it's a it's a it's a nice thing to think about. Like maybe we can create something like that. Um, I was actually thinking about, um, I mean, how we we met, because, yeah. I mean, we we met during the Hockey Pride project that um, Brock McGillis did last summer. Um, for anyone who is not familiar with that, essentially that came about because. June is Pride Month. The NHL is a frustrating <laughs> league as far as the amount of time and dedication we, you know, devote to watching it, to supporting it, only to not feel like the league is, is really trying. Yeah. Um, and in particular, that... That Pride Month last year, they launched a series where they were going to celebrate allies, which is, as much as we love our allies, that is not what Pride Month is about. Yeah. Brock and a number of other folks within the the hockey community decided, you know, we were going to uplift the voices of queer people in hockey because there are so many of them, as you can see through the project. I mean, obviously, to, to plug that project, you can see the full versions on YouTube. Just search for Hockey Pride. And I just remember, you know, we both have spoken about how we work behind the scenes to help get the, the videos edited and, and uploaded, you know, in our own time. And I remember watching your video and being so happy that... There's another Sharks fan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that was as simple as it gets, right? 
Yeah. I feel like there were a lot of Sharks fans that, that did the interviews because yeah. of Curtis. Curtis Gabriel. That's, yeah. that's pretty much how I found out about it. Because I didn't follow Brock before then. I actually didn't spend like any time on Twitter. Like I had my Twitter account. I just didn't yeah. use it. And I saw him post about it, and I was like, what is this? This is interesting. So I started looking into it, found mm-hmm. Brock, explained a little bit about it, and I was like, do I want to do this? Do I want to interview? That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. I ended up emailing him, and then I went through with it. And then, like, now, look, I have a friend. <laughs> we started a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, now that's how, that's kind of where, where it started, you know? we We met through... I mean, it's a great it's a great story to to um, to meet through that um, through that experience, and then we just, you know, I mean, you've probably seen me tweet frustrations, and yeah. you know, I've seen you tweet about it, and you know, I was like, I ever since that project, I it kind of lit a fire under me, and I'm just like, I want to find more ways to up uplift voices so that brings me to the next topic that i wanted to well elaborate more on on over the glass so where where are we hoping to go with it i just i just really want to like i said just to create an a a safe space for people like one of the things i mentioned to you from the get-go was like imagine there's someone who's struggling with their sexuality, but they're a really big hockey fan and they're seeing, you know, they're as frustrated as we are where their team isn't really being um, supportive or inclusive about being, you know, like other than Hockey is for Everyone Night or Pride Month. And they find a podcast like this and we're talking about, you know, oh, you know, this certain player has come out, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, what's his name? Luke... um, Pro Prokop. Prokop, thank you. You know, we highlight that part of it. Or, you know, the the ladies or people playing in the PHF. And just talking about how, you know, all these people are within the hockey community and they're comfortable with their, their sexuality or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, they can find some comfort in that and know that they're, they're not alone, even if they're not ready to come out themselves. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we can... Folks can find some joy out of us talking to each other. (laughs) (laughs) So let's segue over into Sharks Hockey Talk. I think that would be um, our main hockey focus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Us both being Sharks fans. Um, I mean, we had a big shakeup over this past season. It's unfortunate that um, Doug Wilson is dealing with um, some medical issues. We wish him well. As it turns out, he has stepped down, and you know we're kind of in a position where, while it wasn't planned for that to happen, it. I, I personally feel like, you know, this is a great opportunity that if we're not going to do a rebuild in terms of, I guess we could just say how, what the Hawks are doing right now. Yeah. But if we're not going to go in that direction, we're, we're just legitimately tanking. Changing up the GM 
I mean, Greer era is upon us. Whether you wanted it to happen or not, it's here. And, you know, my perspective right off the bat, I I initially wasn't very excited about it, but um, Jonathan Beecher had come out during the conference to say that the candidate being a former Sharks player or affiliated with the organization was not a requirement, which is what I was initially like, oh, come on. But yeah. since that that wasn't the case, I'm like, okay, I can. And then he elaborated on it about, you know, obviously it, it does, I mean, take it into any perspective, you know, if, if we're not like outside of hockey, obviously if you, have someone you've worked with previously you know you're bringing them in and i can relate to feeling a little more comfortable with somebody who you have history with but also keeping in mind you know as he had mentioned they hired the most qualified or you know the 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 candidate that best fit with what they were looking for and Whatever opinions you might have, uh, for me, I've I've decided. You know what? I've I've just got to go and and trust the process. Yeah, I mean, what else can you do? <laughs> mm-hmm. At this point, it's either go along with it willingly or reluctantly, and you'll be unhappy. <laughs> uh, so we probably kind of already answered this, but our hopes for the upcoming season. I want them to tank. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a hope. (laughs) I hope that they tank for a good draft position. That is... And if they don't, if they're, you know, if they surprise me and they're up, they can make the playoffs again, which I don't see that happening, but, you know, then great. You know, everyone wins. (laughs) Uh, My hope for the upcoming season, I want Eric Carlson to have a full season. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that would be great because I like Eric Carlson I understand the criticisms I am not blind to them I am not defending that he keeps breaking <laughs> yeah but you know we've got him the reality is he's got a no movement clause I'm not going to bother looking how many years we have left him. It's a lot. So we kind of just kind of have to hold on tight. You know, Eklund's coming in, maybe a little bond. They'll they'll create a little power. We've got so many sweeps. We're going to have such a great time in the locker room. <laughs> they can they can speak Swedish to each other on the ice to communicate. They can teach the guys a new language. They yeah. can... The great. shark, the shark social media can you know feed us all that. Yeah, you know keep keep the fandom happy. <laughs> they should start selling the IKEA Swedish meatballs at SAP Center for games. You know, like just embrace the culture. <laughs> I mean, we've we've got to we've definitely got to focus on things like that because <laughs> this season I'm I'm because we've got a new GM because of all the changes that we're we've been making already. None of that is a surprise to me, but the reality is that the probability that you 
make all those changes and have a guy come in who has zero general manager experience. I mean, which by the way, sorry, (laughs) I think he's doing okay for what he was given, you know, the poor guy. He's got to start somewhere, you know, I, I mean, ultimately if we have, if his first year, he somehow gets us back into the playoffs and we make it, out of round one without being like completely just flattened by whoever i mean i would call that a win but i am by no means expecting that to happen that would be like the high bar for me the i guess not really qualifying offers but the um the signings because like I said, I'm really confused in what direction he's going, but I am really happy with one of the signings that they made. And it's not for like skill or anything because I haven't paid attention to him as a player. But um, Oscar Limbaum, 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 Lim. Sorry. <laughs> I think you're saying it right. I try to look up pronunciations for Lind players, Blom. and they're you sure. <laughs> I just yes, Oscar Limbaum. Like great story. Um, it was interesting because I was listening to, uh, who was it, JD in the San Jose Hockey Now? No. Lockdown Sharks, sorry. Yeah, his podcast. Mm-hmm. And he was when he was going through a bunch of different draft picks, I don't remember the, the kid's name, but there was one who apparently went through you know, chemo or something. He had cancer and came back and his numbers weren't great. So he was talking about how you know, he was really skilled. But he's kind of a uh, toss-up because you don't know if he can get back into the numbers he was he was putting up before he went through his his uh, cancer treatment and stuff. I was like, that's really interesting to think about. And then the shark signed Oscar Limbaum, who is going through the exact same thing. You know, like he's trying to get back into it. And I was, it's just a, it's a nice story, and it would be a better story if he could actually get his numbers back up to where they were before he got his cancer uh, diagnosis because I heard he was he was a pretty decent like he had pretty decent numbers I think it would be great if he does um I don't know too much about um how he was prior to um getting cancer but I'm fine with that signing um I'd say the only so Going back to the qualifying offers, I'd say really the only one that both you and I were probably concerned about. And for the most part, I will admit that, like, I don't understand why I was so worried about it, but um, giving Ferraro the qualifying offer, I that'd probably be the only one that I would have flipped a table about. Because I would not in any universe understand why we wouldn't have given him because he's just been like up 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 you know he may have based on how the team played last season and you know whatever he probably didn't have a great season but there's no there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be um the future of of the team um it makes sense to give Capo Ka- uh, Kakinen a qualifying offer. That would probably be secondary to my, you know, WTF if we didn't, because 
What did we send over to the to the wild? It was like a draft pick, wasn't it? It was it was Middleton. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Elena. She's gonna she's gonna stab me later. <laughs> yeah, um, we were sad. Yeah, to no, lose that him. that definitely bummed me out. I mean, great for Middleton. I love I love that he's such a dedicated player. I mean, he was pick what seventh round in his draft year. I think they said the very last yes person to be drafted. And, Good for him. You know, he's just been grinding. You know, and the Barracuda managed to, you know, get a position. You know, helpful that the Sharks have been terrible. So you know, come on in. And, <laughs> But I'm really glad that I mean obviously it would have been great to have him, but I but he was probably the best movable defenseman. I mean we obviously right now we're we're doing a lot of changing of the roster, but even at the time we we have so many defensemen and it's not fair I mean, especially prior to trading Burns, it's just not fair to have this revolving door of defensemen who should obviously get him more ice time. Yeah. Um, and Middleton is definitely one of those folks that deserves a... Um, I think he was playing with... Oh, I can't remember his name. He's the captain of the Minnesota Wild, but when he got traded over there, I think he was playing... Spurgeon. Um, yes. Um so yes, good for Middleton. And so obviously we we traded him to the Wild for Kabukakinen. So had we just been like meh, like based on the however many you know the sample size that we have of you last season, where we were so bad that you it took forever for us to get you a W. Like we'll pass. that wasn't his fault. It was so and it was so sad. I was so sad for him. I'm like I am so sorry. This team sucks so bad. It took like that you ten can't games to get a W. Ten games for him to get his first win. So bad. Oh my god. And just like Stupid. Reimer standing on his head and still can't get it get the win. Like I am so sorry you're coming into this. <laughs> but um. Yeah, him, and then, and then also Kunin. Kunin, it wouldn't make sense for them not to give him a qualifying offer when they just traded for him. So who did we who did we trade him for? Uh, draft picks to the Predators, I believe, or was it? Oh no, it was Leonard. They took Leonard. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I get too that, attached. To that would have pissed off a lot of fans had we been like. Yeah, we were just we were just trying to offload some some roster spots and just like let him just like I think he has I think he's no no wait I'm totally I'm okay I'm sorry offer, so I have to sense. I have to has anyone checked in on Ferraro because they they traded away his best friend slash roommate and then they traded away his best friend slash uh, deep partner like. The poor guy. <laughs> this is Ferraro's origin story. <laughs> His villain origin story. <laughs> he is gonna come in and He's just like, no more like, wipe everyone off the ice. That <laughs> you know what? Maybe maybe that's like the you know the front office master plan. <laughs> we need to unlock the next stage of Ferraro. 
Oh my god. And then the the year before that they got rid of Thornton, which he said he was the closest to. So they're just getting rid of all of his his buddies. Villain origin story. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> um Shemaleski, yeah, that that makes sense to give him a qualifying offer. Gajevich. That okay. one's I don't get it, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, Gregor, yeah, he had a better season. Sure. <laughs> he did. He, like, he, the poor guy could not score for the life of him, but he was, I think he was making a lot of smart plays behind the puck, and if he can figure out how to score, I think people will start seeing why we're keeping him around. And then the folks that we let go, I'd say the biggest one that is... Balsers? We got rid of the Balsers? Oh, right, right, right. No, we... Yeah, so he... You said let go, right? Yeah, he was... So, I don't think he was an RFA. So he's not part of the qualifying offer um, list. Oh, yes. I think we just let him go. Oh, that's right, yeah. So, out of the qualifying offers... Jonathan Dolan and Zach Sochenko were the biggest ones to Which, cause an uproar within the within Sharks territory. Sochenko, I can see because he wasn't putting up great numbers, um, but it's always I always get sad seeing goalies go because I always root for right. them. I'm like they're trying so hard. <laughs> but I don't know. I would say for Sochenko because of the goalie pile that we are accumulating for reasons I... It's the Greer era. <laughs> like, sure, might as well catch all the goalies in the NHL and then and then when people are desperate... <laughs> the Leafs. <laughs> oh, no. Um, for whatever reason that we're hoarding all the goalies in the NHL, Sachenko's at what is he? I think he's like 25 around there. He's he's at he's at the stage where I feel like if he just ends up hanging around in in our goalie line, he's he's not going to get a chance. So, once we kind of figured out that we weren't going to make the playoffs, that's where I was getting a little frustrated that we weren't playing Sachenko. Because he was just like, no, Reimer can play the 50th game in a row. It's fine. And it's like, why? Why does it matter? Like, if anything, it was going to help us to not do so well towards the end of the season. And then higher probability that we would have had a higher draft pick. But so, I mean, as far as Sochenko goes, that was the most frustrating for me. And to have him not get a qualifying offer, well, I just think it's comes down to the reality that we have so many goalies and whatever it feels like the mass whatever this master plan is just to collect all the goalies right like we just we every day it feels like we're signing a new one i also don't understand the dell signing i don't get it so let's segue over into our final segment of the episode which is around pop culture we kind of like to have this segment to highlight you know, whether it's 
queer representation within pop culture, just a fun light, you know, way to exit out of the the podcast with something that has nothing to do with hockey, but maybe we've got some interest from folks that enjoy that aspect of of life as well. And um, Nessa, if you could intro what we're going to be chatting about. Um, so I am very much into animation. I am. I am. I work in the animation industry, so I keep up with a lot of news and things, like content-wise, about what's going on within the industry. So a lot, I feel like a lot of my pop culture um, content will be based around that. Uh, the things I wanted to bring up this episode um, was the queer representation within a few, three different animation well two movies and then one show so the first one i feel like made a lot of noise was lightyear recently because there's supposedly a they call it a same sex kiss scene it's basically buzz's friend in the movie is gay she's they well they don't specify exactly where she is on the spectrum but she has a wife she she meets her wife whatever they they go through like this um montage in the film and within that montage you'll see the kiss but i swear to you if you blink you will miss it i have no idea why it made such a big like it was it was made such a big deal i mean i know why but it shouldn't have been because like the focus the way the frame is is laid out the focus isn't really even on them like i missed it completely you know i was i was looking for that shot specifically just to see and i completely missed it but um i feel like watching the the movie the way that they had brought up the topic was very much like in passing and very normalized and it made me so happy because i had never seen that being done in any animation film or anything at all but that's just me personally. I don't know if it has been done in, in anything else, but I just really enjoyed that part of it, you know, because it was just like, oh, you met someone? And she, she was like, yeah. And he asks her, oh, what's her name? And then she just goes on about talking about her, you know? And so that was really nice. Um, the second one I want to say that made a big, big-ish commotion was in Baymax. I actually watched the episode last night and again it wasn't even a big deal. It was an episode where Baymax is trying to help a 12 year old girl who just got her first period and she's like I don't know what to do and so he goes to the store to buy some feminine hygiene products for her and he's like turns to the person next to him and goes excuse me, can you help me? I don't really know what I'm looking for. And so she starts telling him like recommendations and then other people in the aisle are telling him recommendations. He's just like, okay, thank you. He's just grabbing things. And one of the people who recommended something, it's implied that this person is trans because they are, um, how do you say, they're, they're male presenting but they're they're also wearing a shirt that yeah. was the pride um the trans pride yeah. flag yeah so they're male presenting but they their line is oh these are the ones i use and yeah they are wearing the the trans flag shirt so 
people were kind of upset for a couple of reasons, but most the main one was because of the trans person in the in the clip. But I don't know. It wasn't like they they tried to to make that the focus of it. It was just the thing that was in passing again, right? So I feel like if this is a direction that animation is going in, I'm really liking that because it's not making them the center of attention and and legitimately like normalizing it. You know, it's like this these people exist, this happens every day, whatever. You know. As for the third one is a movie coming out. I think it's this fall called Strange World. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it. It looks really cool. I did watch it. Mm-hmm. So I have a friend at Disney who is who supervised on Baymax and is supervising on this film. And they told me that, was it like a month ago, there's an animation festival in Annecy in France. And they showed clips within the film. And it basically confirms that one of the main characters, which is the one, the, the dude being voiced by Jabuki Young White, the comedian, that character is gay in the film. And so I don't, I, I haven't seen the clip. I don't think it's made it onto the internet at all. So I can't really speak on that as much. I just can tell you that one of the main characters, at least one of the main characters, is gay, and I don't know. I just think that's pretty cool. So I would say for Lightyear, I mean, unfortunately I haven't seen it yet, but I saw all of the, you know, uproar of people, you know, getting upset with Disney. Well, people as far as conservative right-wing folks who don't who feel like this is somehow grooming to put something like that in into the movie that primarily the target audience is children um and so i was really curious like oh gosh what are they going on about now you know once i finally did see the the clip of it i'm like are you kidding me seriously um i'd say thoughts that came to mind when I was thinking about it you know the um what you had mentioned how you really love how it was just put into the into the movie as normal to get content where it's more subtle or more you know this is part of the norm like that that's some of the most amazing progressive um, queer representation that I want to see more of because that is just how it should be. It just should be folks, you know, if you're like, why can't we, why can't someone walk into the room and, you know, greet their spouse and it, their spouse just happens to be uh, a member of the same sex or, you know, not part of like the cis heteronormativity that we need to um that we need to make such a big deal out of and so having that moment i think i think folks are making too big of a deal of it because they feel like that's 
children are going to see it the way that they see it, that they're going to be like, oh my God. And I think what they, and also what they, um, what they're fearing is that because that's there and if their kid gets curious about it, they're going to ask them about it and then they have to talk about it. And then whether they're uncomfortable, they don't believe in it, that's what they're kind of projecting is the discomfort that they're going to have because they don't want their kid to know about that, to potentially be queer themselves. And so why not try and, you know, attack a company like Disney and be like, how dare you? I'm not taking my kid to watch your movie. We'll, we'll see what you think when they, when, you know, that movie doesn't do so great, which I'd imagine it did wonderfully. It did okay, but it was for other reasons, not because of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's great. And I was also very um, happy to see that Chris Evans being asked about it on a number of interviews, the way that he went about it. I mean, couldn't have said it better myself. It's great that the star of the movie has, has realized, you know, one, that he has this platform, and two, that it's ridiculous that people are making such a big deal out of it. And um, I think that's powerful. And um, I don't, I don't see what the big deal is. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't, right? Because it's normal. Right. But other people are. What's a nice way to say they're just a little slow? <laughs> I mean, they're just very bigoted. <laughs> it's, there's there's no nice way to put it. You're just a bigot. You're homophobic. Yeah. I mean, I think we're kind of at the at the point where we, we don't we shouldn't be tiptoeing around that. Call it out as it is. Um, and then as far as Baymax is concerned, I mean, again, I, I mean, I'm not in the sphere as much with animation as you are. So typically when I find out about stuff is because someone is complaining about queer representation in, in, an, in an animated or whatever uh, form of media and they're outraged by something. And then that usually gets me going, oh, what's, what's going on now uh, with the Baymax? movie or uh, is it a movie it's a show okay you know it's not a trans 101 it's just a little blip in the show it's like i would have loved to have anything close to that when you know i was going through my adolescence because when i think back i can't even tell you any representation that I saw, anything that wasn't male, female, cishet. I remember hearing a little, like, I remember in high school, maybe when I was like a junior, I knew that there was like a, a gay girl or something in a class. And I didn't even know what that even, I didn't even know what that word was. I just, new going back into my mind thinking when was the first time I learned about anything like that 
And it's very, it's very sad to think back and being like, yeah, there was hardly anything. And, you know, and then it takes me 30 freaking years to realize that I'm non-binary after, yeah. you know, and it's just because had I had, and, and it's not because I just became non-binary in like my, you know, in my early 30s. It's just, I had no words for it. There was nothing, you know, it was either you're this or you're that. And I'm like, well, people are telling me I'm this. So I guess I better, you know, and people keep like making me feel like I'm doing something wrong by attempting to not be this. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I think it's ridiculous that people are making such a big deal about these little things there. People think that, oh, there's so many, so many people identifying, you know, as, within the queer community. Like, what is this, what is this, like, exponential growth? Yeah. What, yeah, what is this trend? Oh, people, it's so trendy to be queer. Like, you know, they're coming out sooner because they have the words to articulate how they're feeling versus spending so much of their time trying to to figure it out and you know they're looking around and they don't see anyone like them they're not seeing you know it's not just about the words though i think it's a lot more accepted nowadays than it was even back when i was in high school you know 10 12 years ago how old am i 12 whatever <laughs> <laughs> but you know even then you didn't hear about too many not i don't even remember hearing about non-binary being a being a part of the spectrum or anything like that it was usually like gay lesbian bi and trans as far as i know but i also wasn't very aware because i myself was in denial in high school so i didn't pay too much attention to that um but yeah like i had a few like a handful of classmates that were queer but it wasn't as prominent as it is now and i don't know if it's because again people didn't have the words or people suppressed it like i did or whatever it was you know but it's kind of nice to see like people at 12 years old oh i already know what i am i'm i feel comfortable saying it you know good for you some of us didn't have that and that's what that's what we want you know so it's nice to see it in animation. I don't know. Because it's it's not... Like, you people have to plan. People have to approve. And it, it's like to, to be made... Just to go through all these steps for it to be put on the screen. You know? That's how many people saying yes for this to happen. So I don't know. It just makes me really happy. But yeah. Celebrate. Acknowledge it when it happens. Because it's not, it's it's hard out here right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately on that note, <laughs> it's hard, but we're going to continue to trek forward and hopefully we can bring more insights like that to this podcast. We'll have 
more to to dive into with the sharks season as it continues to unfold we still have so many months ahead before the the season starts and i'm both optimistic and cautious about (laughs) about what's ahead but that that's just hockey that's just life we've got to kind of roll with the punches i guess and um it's gonna be great all right so with that thank you so much whoever you know decided to tune in for the first ever episode of over the glass i am your host jay i'm here with my co-host nessa oh my god i hope you really like our logo because we worked really hard on it (laughs) that's it and we'll see you in the next episode take care thanks guys bye